you have one in there? Okay. This is Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, and who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The word of God is a progressive revelation of who God is and of the relationship which he desires to have with man. The seeds of that revelation begin in Genesis and finally come to fruition in the book of Revelation. In the Old Testament, God was known by his Elohim names, but was more clearly revealed by his Jehovah names. He said, I am that I am. In the New Testament, Jesus, who was the, Jesus, who was the brightness of his, of his glory, or Jehovah's glory, and the express image of his person, continued that pattern with his numerous declarations of I am. By these declarations, he identified himself as being one and the same with the Jehovah of the Old Testament. For this, the Jews accused him of blasphemy and sought to kill him. In part one of the series on the names of God, we studied the Elohim names of God. Now we will study the Jehovah names. Jehovah is the primary name used for God in the Old Testament. While Elohim was the first name, Jehovah is the most common. It is used nearly 7,000 times. Through this name, God reveals himself as provider, healer, banner, and many other things. We will see, however, that it is not a name of relation that it is a name of relationship, and that God wants to relate to wants us to relate to Him as the I am, and not just the I do. God's uppermost goal is a relationship with His people. And I was, as I was reading that and studying for the class here, I was thinking about you know Jesus through all the times in the New Testament where He said, you know, there's just numerous times where He said, you know, I am the bread of life, or I am the way, the truth, and life, or I am, you know, this, I am that, I am, and and he continually, you know, said those things, and I'm sure that, you know, to the people then, like they said, you know, the Jews, it was just like, who do you think you are, you know, what makes you so special, you know, that you can say that, and, and you know, because most people relate to the Lord, you know, oh, he, you know, he is, he is my rock and my refuge, you know, he is my shelter, he is, he is this, he's that, he's, but Jesus is saying, no, I am these things, and the beauty of it is that Christ is now in us. And I think what we really, as we go into these things, we'll really just will see, especially in this first uh, overview of the Jehovah name, just how much the difference there is in knowing the Lord, um, like as he relates to you or as he, you know, like as something separate and knowing the Lord as he relates to us being as, as being in us or us being in him. And just the huge difference between, you know, like relating to God as someone who's standing next to you versus his life living out of you. And I don't know, obviously, I know because I used to live in the Bible school, you don't get to watch a lot of TV, you know, so I've, I know a lot of y'all don't get to. But I, there's this commercial for Geico where, and you may have seen those over the holidays, where the, you know, the, the guy sits in the chair and there's got the, the famous person next to him who, you know, you know, we brought in this person to tell our story. You know, and the person says something, and that person, like, really makes it dramatic, and they do all this stuff, and they, you know, and they, you know they're really pretty fun the way they do it. You know, it's like they bring in the guy with the famous movie voice, you know, in a little town, you know, and he does the whole thing, and, you know, she saved money on her insurance, you know, and he, 
He, but all he's doing is he's, you know, he's like a prop to her. He's not, he's not her. He may represent her, but it's, it has nothing to that person. And that's kind of how a lot of us relate to the Lord. He's like there, you know, for us when we need him. But the greater is he wants to live in us and be our life. And he wants to be all these things. He wants to be, you know, our healer, not just, not just heal us. Or he wants to be our peace. He wants to, all these things he wants to be doing in us and bringing that stability in us, which is much, which, you know, when you get into a bind, you don't have to like, oh gosh, I got to call out to the God of this again. No, because it's, it's in you. You can draw from the wells that are deep within you. Um, I really think that's, as we get into knowing the Jehovah, Jehovah or the I am, we really see that, that he wants that. that is a, it's a relationship. It's not, but it's, you know, it can be a relationship to just be a friend of somebody, but it's a, a greater relationship of it being your life. Um, and he used that phrase right at the very end. We will see, however, that his name of relationship and that God wants us to relate to him as the I am, not just the I do. God's uppermost goal is a relationship with his people. Um, I know for a long time I saw the Lord as, you know, do this, Lord, or do that, or I'm having a problem here, you know, why don't you do this, or I'm sick, why don't you heal me, or I'm really stressed out, give me some peace, you know, give me some peace, or, you know, I'm really you know, having a hard time with this, be, you know, and it's always this reacting to, to bad things or reacting to, to things that go on. But when we know him as the I am, you know, we can live in peace in the midst of a storm. You know, in the midst of trouble and adversity and all these things, you're at peace rather than asking for peace to fix the thing. But let's let's get into reading the Lesson 1 Jehovah. I think he describes this some more. In the first part of this series on the names of God, we dealt primarily with the Elohim names of God. Now we turn our attention to a group of names known as the Jehovah names of God. The study of the names of God is important because because from them we learn about the character of the Lord. One name used one name for God that is used over 200 times in the Bible is Father. God wants us to know him as Father. Jesus said in John 17 that eternal life was knowing the Father. He came to reveal the Father. We begin our study of the Jehovah names of God with the story of Moses and we see that in Exodus chapters 1 through 3, um, which we all, everyone knows that. Moses is born. He's put in a little, cute little basket that's put in the river and floating down the river, you know. And along comes Pharaoh's wife, and she takes him out and raises him to be her son, you know, as her son. And then he, you know, he leaves, and then he goes into the, uh, goes into the wilderness, you know, under the desert, meets the women of I guess it was the Midianite women, or the woman of Midian. I don't remember who, who they were. I think there was the woman of Midian. Meets, you know, one of them, marries, and lives there for 40 years, which I'm not even 40 years old yet. That's a long time. You know, he, he lived there for a long time, from when he was like 40 until he was like 80 is kind of what they've estimated. That's a really long time to be living in the wilderness. And he lived there. And then, you know, when he's getting older, you know, we know that the Lord brought him out and showed him this burning bush, which is burning, but not really burning. It's on fire, but it's not, not being consumed. Um, and so then God was, when God was ready to send Moses back to Egypt to be the deliverer of the Israel, he appeared to him in the burning bush. This was the first time God had named and revealed himself as the I Am. I think we should go over there and read that. It's Exodus. Just to read the actual part where he says it. Exodus chapter 3, 
I guess he starts in he starts in a little bit in chapter in verse six. He says, "I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob." And it says, "And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God." And then going down to verse fourteen, we'll start in verse um, verse thirteen. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? You know, interesting that they're asking, you know, The God of your fathers sent me, and they're going to say, Well, what's his name? You know, and he's asking, What shall I say? You know, not, This is the great God who's going to come in here and rock the Egyptians and shake their world and, you know, bring you out and glory and majesty and you're going to just be like picked up and carried to this great promised land because i think as as we know the lord that's not how he works with us either he doesn't come in and swoop down and pick you up and you know take you up and I mean, he does in in the reality but in our experience of knowing him we walk it out we walk through the wilderness we walk in knowing the lord we learn we grow but what shall i what shall i say unto them and god said unto moses i am that i am and he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Let me make sure I didn't want to read any further here. No. Up to this time, Moses did not really... Oh, this was the... T- okay, we really... Up to this time, Moses did not really know God. He knew Elohim, a powerful God who created the universe, and he believed in him, but he did not know Jehovah. So I think that's... It is really... It is a really important thing here to see that... He had known, like I said, we had, he had known the God who created the earth. He had known the God who was, you know, like the all-supreme being. You know, the God that, you know, even even someone who doesn't even know the Lord, they believe that there is some kind of God. They, you know, we talked about this in the last, the last, uh, the first book. They, everyone believes in some kind of higher power. They, you know, he believed, he may he believed in the true God, but he didn't. He didn't know him necessarily as his life yet. He didn't know him as as a relationally know him. He knew him as I am Moses. You're this great big God, and I think you can you know we can see that as, as he trembled as he came to the bush. He you know he's freaking out. You know what in the world's going on here, and um, and so then I think this is where the Lord really just begins to teach him his his nature and himself. And uh, one of the first things this is how. This is how I respond to the Lord when he does this. So I totally can see this in Moses. When Moses says, he says, go and, and speak to Pharaoh. Well, I can't do that, Lord. You know, I'm just, I don't have the right words to say. You know, I've, I've heard myself say that a lot of times to the Lord. I can't do that, Lord. You know, I'm da 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 And he's like, no, you're fine. You know, and he's like, but no, I can't. You know, and that's the thing is we're, he still had to focus on himself. He still wasn't seeing him for the I am, his, the, the sufficient one, the one who was going to be all things to him. Um, Moses Reading on, Moses began to know the God who is, the being God. He began to know the God who is I am, even when circumstances seem to indicate that he is not on the job. The key is not, oh God, fix the circumstances. The key is knowing his character and the stability of the I am. The problem is not so much the problem. The problem is our perspective. He does not just give answers to all our needs. He is the answer to all our needs. He is not the great I give. He is the great I am. And... You all know I'm a, I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan. I was watching some football games this weekend, and you know. Anyways, it's okay. Um, they, you know, they, they weren't even talking about the game. They said they were kind of were talking about some player, and they were saying, you know, well, 
you know, the fact that the guy like made a mistake, you know, everyone makes mistakes, and the the big the thing they were saying was it's, it's important. How do you rebound from a mistake? Do you you know do you dwell on it? Do you live in the past? And it got me thinking, you know, just about in the Lord, that it's so easy to dwell on the circumstance, to dwell on this is what's going on in my life. Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. But the reality is, you know, we may get stuck looking at that, but the Lord's saying, no, lift up your eyes, turn away from this thing, and look to me. And with Moses, you know, I, I can't do that, Lord. I can't, I can't be your man. I don't, I'm a weak vessel. But that's where he wants to bring us to, is where we can recognize that we're a weak vessel, that we have no, you know, because I, you know, he's done that with me so many, he still does it with me so many times, of to see my weakness, that he would be strong, that he would be the strength. Um... I've prayed, you know, I've prayed a lot of times, you know, Lord, fix my financial situation, fix my car. You know, we've, we, it's okay to pray to the Lord for those things. I, I don't think we shouldn't. But a lot of times my heart in praying to him in that way was, you know, fix this, but don't fix me. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to change. And I would never say it like that to the Lord. I mean, I would never use those words. But my heart was that way that, you know, Lord, I just want you to deal with this. Because as soon as you deal with this, I can get back on the road of following you a lot. It was always, you know, road of following you. But the reality, this is, the road is what he puts in front of us. That's, that's where he's taking us to. And that's, you know, that's the thing he's putting before us. You know, these circumstances, these problems that we see as problems, he sees, like Randy's class, he sees them as stepping stones. He sees them as ways for the nature of his son to be brought forth more in us. Um, and that's, that is becoming to know the I am. This, like Randy says here, the stability of the I am. There can be a stability in the midst of the storm. You know, Jesus in the back of the boat sleeping while the boat, you know, rocking and going crazy. And, you know, I've heard people say it's because, you know, he knew he was greater than the waters, you know, and this and that. And that's true. I mean, he could have, you know, he did just snap his fingers and the, and the storm stopped. But I don't think he's sitting in the back of the boat knowing he can do that at any moment. He's not sitting back there thinking, when I want to, I can make all this go away. You know, and if I start to drown, I'll get picked up. You know, because the devil tempted him. You know, throw yourself off this this cliff and the angels will pick you up and he's saying that's that's not like the lord doesn't work with proving a power struggle and i don't think he lived by that but he lived knowing that in the midst of that storm there was peace you know in the midst of that storm there could be peace there could be stability there could be you know just no worry or no fear he may drown and die that's okay the the goal is not to be saved the goal is to be with his father and you know, i know in and you see a little bit of his humanity when he goes to the cross. You know, he's saying, oh, Lord, you know, take this cup from me. But he knew that was the way to go, though. But he could have he could have asked out of the situation. I believe he could have asked out and said, Lord, I don't want to do this. You know, I, I don't I don't want to because it had to be a, a willing sacrifice. But, you know, I, I think we can we can come to know him as the I am as he works that stability in us. I am your peace. You know, that what I think there's a scripture over in uh, it's in first Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 30. First Corinthians 1, verse 30. Well, actually, let's read. Let's go back to verse 26. Um, we can go back further. All the way to the beginning. Verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh which is maybe Moses at the burning bush. I'm not wise enough. My words aren't good enough. Not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I don't know if the name Jehovah is at all used in that little section there. You know, maybe there's some Greek word for it. But I know that it speaks the reality of Christ being made unto us all these things. He is, he is made unto us peace. He is made unto us, you know, the other one's healer. He is made unto us all these things. We have the resources to draw from in Christ. Um, I want to read that little part. He does not just give answers to all our needs. He is the answer to all our needs. He's not the great I give. He is the great I am. Um, when I read that, all I could think of was like, you got this God ATM machine on the corner that when you need money, you go to the ATM machine and you make a withdrawal. You don't, you don't really know, all you know that thing's for is what it gives to you. You don't ever, you know, I used to be able to, but you don't, you don't give money to the ATM machine. You never go and, I mean, there are some banks that you can put your little deposit envelope, but generally you don't ever put something back in the machine. It always just gives to you. That's how, for so much, I saw the Lord as he just is like the giver. He gives, when I have a need, he gives. But a lot of times the need that I would have in me, he's wanting me to learn to draw from his life within, from something greater, whereas I just wanted this, temporal you know fix this thing lord to make me feel comfortable and it's funny how it all comes back to everything comes back to us you know in the sense of everything that when we're having a problem it all comes back to us being taken care of rather than his heart being satisfied um let's read on to jacob god revealed himself as el shaddai but not as jehovah why because it was israel or a nation that was going to be known by god Israel under Jacob was not a nation. Only under Moses was Israel a nation. This Jehovah name and all that it involves was not meant to be understood as a personal or individual thing. Rather, it is meant to be something that we experience as a body. Only in that corporate relationship will Jesus be the I am. That is what God is after. Christianity is the process of growing in the knowledge of Christ. You can spend your life searching out subjects in the Bible, or you can spend your time searching out Christ. If you search out Christ, then you can let him be made these things to you. Like it says over in 1 Corinthians there. But of him who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Maturity accepts. Maturity doesn't try so much to do. It accepts and acknowledges. It lets. He said, let this mind be in you, i.e. the Holy Ghost revealing the very mind of Christ in you. And, you know, as I... um, as as we grow in the Lord, I think we do learn. As we grow and mature in Him, we do learn to just to just let things be. I know it's it's the opposite of like man's ways to go 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 and gain 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 and get 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 and just accumulate and get all these things. Whereas in Christ, a lot of times it's the opposite. It's we decrease as He increases. It's less of us and more of Him. And I think that the the knowing and the understanding of Him is is not a knowledge in our head. It's you know there is that aspect of it, but the understanding and knowing of him is is we are literally changed into his image day to day. We are literally, ch- our, your mindset begins to change. It's not just you put a fact in there and you draw it to remembrance. No, the way you think is completely different. I know Nisi was telling me that as she learned Spanish at the beginning, it's like you, 
you, in your head you translate, you probably know this stuff, you translate from English to Spanish, and then, but you're always thinking in English, but you're speaking in Spanish. But as you begin to know the language, you begin to even think in Spanish. And she said when she dreamed in Spanish, she knew that she had it. When she began to dream in Spanish. And I think in the same way with the Lord, you know, it's, if you have to think in a situation, what, you know, what would Jesus do? You know, what would I do now? Rather than it's just like an automatic reaction. That's what he wants is where it's just, you know, someone slaps you, you turn the other cheek. You know, you can't do that if you've got to think about it. Okay, I need, I need to just really buckle down here and just get with it because eventually you're going to get tired of getting slapped. But if it's the life of Christ in you, you don't, you don't even care. You just turn, it's just, it's just a natural reaction to turn the other cheek. And I would like to be able to, to be that way, and I do trust the Lord is, wants to do that in us, you know. And he, it's not something you attain, per se. I, it's, a lot of time it's like, it's just by just being with him and knowing him, he begins to change us. Um, Back up on the, the body part in the second to last paragraph, he's talking about being being a uh, corporate relationship. Um, I think we can just see that as he as he brings the people out out of Egypt, he he sent Moses to bring the people out, and not just to bring them out, but to bring them into the land. And I think for a lot of them, that was maybe the first time they really began to know the Lord. But a lot of them still saw him as this great big God that just is out to get us the first time we mess up. But you see people like Joshua and and others that they really saw the Lord and they knew, you know, they could go into the land and see these great big giants and see not just just our God is bigger and greater, but the giants are bred for us. You know, the fruit, you know, the, the things of the land are greater than the, than the, the problems that are there, the the fruit that we will reap if we trust by faith, because I think they knew that they couldn't, you know, they they never respond in the way of we're bigger, our God is bigger, we're better, we have a better chance. They just saw it as the Lord said, go in, we can go in by faith and take the land. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking of of uh, when they finally did go in, when Joshua and Caleb were like 80 years old or something ridiculous. You know, they're they're the two that went in there, and they're the two that went in and and they went with joy and they conquered the land. You know, it's these two old guys going out there, and you know, they got the Rainbow, Rainbow movie coming out pretty soon. That's you know, gonna be like he's like 60 years old. You know, Sylvester Stallone, an old guy going out there and you know and taking him. And you know, I, I just if you in the natural, it makes no sense that that could be possible. What's that? Yeah. In the natural, it makes no sense that that could be possible. But I know that, you know, they knew the Lord. They knew, they had a relationship with Him that was greater than just God up on a mountain. You know, maybe He's going to be for him, maybe He won't. Um, uh, I was thinking, too, of Joshua when he did go into the land. And he, you know, says he saw the angel of the Lord. And he said, whose side are you on? And the angel said, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know exactly how he worded it, but you know, I'm on night. I'm not. I'm not on this side or that side. I'm on the Lord's side. It was his base. I'm. I'm with the Lord, and that's you know that's where you know, I think our natural mentality is just attuned to think good, evil, problems, no problems, easy circumstances, bad circumstances. You know, cars fixed and running, cars not fixed. We just we think in these two opposite mentalities. Whereas the Lord's mentality is, it could be this way and be Jesus. It could be this way and be me. It, either way, it can be me. It can be my life. And, you know, I think it's like when Paul said, I know how to be base. I know how to abound. I can, I can do all things 
through Christ. I can run the whole game. You can put me in a poorhouse, and I'll still love him. You can make me the richest man on the earth, and I won't turn from him. Um, and I think that's the, you know, that's when we've begun to know him, when the things, we're not swayed by things on the earth. We're not swayed by circumstances. You know, we're not swayed by every wind that comes and blows, you know, and kind of knocks us off course. We're, you're a rock in the midst of, you know, a, a storm, or you're a, a rock in the midst of a rocking boat. You know, you're, you're solid like Jesus. Um, I think we're going to get into that a lot more with these other names, we'll, you know, how they individually relate, you know, the, with peace and our healer and, you know, our righteousness and uh, the banner. Um, I think it's just important to, to recognize the foundation of, of the I am. Um, let's maybe go over the study questions. We're going to be kind of short here. Everyone do the study questions? We can do them next week then. We'll do them next week. That's fine. Let's make sure I don't have any more notes here. Try to find it. Well, I don't have my notes. I guess I left them at home. That's pretty good for no notes, though. Um, I know. It's a good thing. Um, I think I actually got everything that I wanted to share. Yeah, I think that's it. Maybe uh, anybody else have anything to add or share? Moved when the Spirit says move to him. Moved. When his life in us says move, and you move, and it may be opposite of what your natural mind says is even rational, but when he says move, you move. And um, it's a sc- I, know, I know personally it's a scary thing to do that, to trust the Lord that when he says go, you go. When he, you know, and, um, but you have to trust in the I am. You trust in the Lord that wants to live his life in us and be moving in us and to be not moved by the things of the earth, not moved by the th- thoughts of our head, not moved by the enemy, not moved by the, you know, the things that just, that just, I don't know about you guys, but things just like boil in me, like, you know, and I'm just like, you know, Lord's saying, no, I am the stability. I want you to find your peace in me. I want you to, to find peace. And I, you know, maybe because I'm kind of in a storm right now, it's like he's saying, I want you to find peace in the storm. I don't want you to be taken out of the storm and put up here and looking down. And I want you to find peace in the midst of it. I want you to be okay to be there knowing that you're with me. And, uh, you know, the, in the shepherd, uh, we call it the shepherd psalm, but, you know, in the Psalm 23, when he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So it's okay to be there for thou art with me. And knowing that, you know, we're with the Lord in those places and it's and it's okay. You know, it's there's a lot of churches out there that, you know, they just preach being up here in this place and never experiencing problems it's you know, some kind of utopia but if we do that then we're going to vo- we're going to totally miss so many things that the lord has just totally miss and a lot of it really sucks you know they get to go through things you know i hate it and i hate it my flesh hates it i should say but my heart loves the lord and that's the greater reality and um i think after a while your heart begins to overtake you and that becomes who you are you know you're not governed governed is a big word i, I know i i so misunderstand that, but governed is literally you, you are moved, your life is controlled, you are, you know, you are, uh, 
this thing like rules you. It tells you what to do in our, in our country, whether you like it or not. You're governed by the authorities that be you. If you don't like it, you know, if you don't pay your taxes, they're eventually going to get you. If you don't, if you're speeding all the time, they're eventually going to get you. You know, you may not like it, you may not agree, but you're governed by the laws of this country in the same way by your flesh. You may say, oh, I'm not governed by my flesh, but if, if you're living that way, you are. You're governed, you're governed by something for sure. You can't, you know, there, you know, there's even a, you know, without a, if there's lawlessness, it's, it's a horrible place to be. So it's a good thing to be governed, but I know that our flesh just, can be so governing and just so ruling, and we have to get under the government of Christ, the, you know, his nature governing in us. Um, but it is, it, is gonna, it is a change that he has to put it, produce in us, a change that he has to do in us. Okay. Well, let's just close. Lord, we do thank you for this time. Lord, I do thank you that...